Hello there. Welcome to Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. I'm your host, Shelley F. Knight. I'm a former nurse and clinical hypnotherapist, term podcaster and author of Positive Changes, a self-kick book and Good Grief, the A to Z approach of modern day grief healing. In each episode, I aim to share my clinical, spiritual, and personal experience to help you feel inspired to create your own positive changes in life. Fear not, it's not just me. Each week, I will bring on a new guest and they will share their authentic story of positive change and the tools that they used on their journey. So if you're ready to be inspired, let's go. Welcome back to Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. I cannot wait to share the love, the laughter, the lessons and spirituality from today's guest, the wonderful Sarah Michelle Wong. Sarah's going to talk to us about adoption, loss of health, anxiety, spirituality. I absolutely love spirituality, as my Shelley F. Knight followers over on Instagram will know. Sarah shares so much with us today. I absolutely love her life lessons. Sometimes we become our own worst enemies in our own minds, right? We get in our own way. If I had just sort of uh, let things happen a little bit more naturally and kind of went with the flow, um, perhaps a lot of the struggles that I went through might've been a little bit easier. But I do also think that everything happens in sort of divine timing and there's purpose. To everything so the struggles that I went through while during those times I was like why is this happening um, I have actually pretty much put a, a purpose to all of the like negative or harmful or traumatic things that have happened in my life let's meet Sarah Michelle now and dive deeper into her story show we are joined by Sarah Michelle Wong who is the founder of Metamorphosis 101. So hello to Sarah. Hi Shelley thanks for having me. Bless you thank you for joining me because your story is different to anyone we've heard before so please just take us back to how your life began. Oh yeah so I was adopted from birth and yeah I was adopted in South Lake Tahoe California and I had a wonderful childhood. My parents were amazing. Um, they were, so I used the word perfect earlier. I had sort of like a perfect childhood and uh, I grew up in a really beautiful uh, little town and it was, you know, wonderful. I have an older sister and we had so much fun growing up, uh, lots of really beautiful memories. And um, my adoption, you know, it, it was great until, I got a little bit older in life. And when I was a kid, you know, when you're a kid, you're just sort of like going through the motions. I was also just a very, I've always been very optimistic, very happy, very imaginative, very imaginative and creative. So growing up, I really loved just like being, you know, having fun, right? And so that was what my childhood was. It was fun, creative. I had lots of 
uh, wonderful friends and things like that. And then um, when I got older in college, I, you know, started having more identity issues and I started struggling a little bit more with sort of grappling with um, who I really was because I always knew I was adopted. My parents always told me growing up that was one thing I'm very grateful for that my parents did was always telling me, you know, you come from different uh, parents, different biological parents, but we are your parents, we are your mom and dad. Um, so I'm glad that that was always very clear for me. I know some other adoptees don't have that experience, but um, I was grateful for that. And when I got, when I turned 22, my parents gave me a letter, an adoption letter from my biological mother. Um, it was like a little note that she had written for me when I was born and they waited, my parents waited to give it to me until they thought I was ready. And they chose when I graduated from college. So when I was 22 years old, um, I also was like struggling with a knee injury. I had lost sort of my athletic career. I was a runner um, uh, at UC Irvine and having to like sort of lose my running career as well as having this letter given to me all at the same time that I was graduating from college, finding my independence. It was kind of a lot, right? All at yeah. one time. And so I started, you know, that's kind of a point where like you have different paths sort of carved for you to go down. And um, I started perhaps going down the wrong path at that point um, in my life. And things got a, got pretty challenging um, for between those years from about 22 to about 27, those five years of my life. Uh, got got really really challenging mentally emotionally physically spiritually sort of everything um, so I'm not sure if you want to sort of dig a little deeper there ask any questions no I love your honesty because I think people may have thought oh she's going to talk about adoption it was a terrible story you know and it's not you said it's almost perfect you know and your parents were really honest with you but I just think it's a great story because that's life, isn't it? We think it's perfect or it's really good and it's all going well. But there are these moments that just trip us up. But you had so many of these moments all at once. You had like the knee injury, which you know, robbed you of your career. You was graduating, which is a new beginning. And then this letter, which had been kept for 22 years. That's a long time, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, re I remember the moment sitting there and opening this letter. I was I was shaking because I had been asking my parents for probably since probably I was about 14, you know, did do you know anything about my birth mom? Has she ever sent anything? Do you know more about her? And they said they did actually tell me about the letter, but that they were going to wait to give it to me until it was ready. Um, and they they said, I think when you're graduated from college, that's when you'll be ready. And so I guess I created this story in my mind of what the letter said, right? Yeah. That's what we do. I said, I'm imaginative and I'm creative. So that's what I did is I, I in my mind, I thought that the letter was going to say something like, 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 don't ever reach out to me. <laughs> I don't want to know you. you know. Um, but that's not what the letter said. The letter said, I love you. I love you so much. And I hope that you understand that I'm doing this because I love you, that I'm giving you away because I love you and because I care for you so much. And I was like, like the emotion was just like, oh my gosh, because it turned my whole 
perspective. It was like one of those paradigm shift moments of, of my life where I was like, whew, okay. So I went from not, from thinking like I'm never going to meet my biological parents to thinking like, this is something that's going to happen in my life. I don't know when, I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know like the circumstances around it. Um, but it took six years, <laughs> six years from there, from, I was about 28. I was 28, uh, about a year and a half ago when I connected with my biological grandparents for the first time. Um, and it, it happened because it sort of like had to happen. Like it was like the universe was like, you have to do this. You have to do this. This is super important. So um, reconnecting with my biological family over this last year and a half has been really, really awesome and, and special and important in my life. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. Because you like joked it's about your imagination, but we are all guilty of doing this, that we write the story that we think we know what's going to happen and yours was about you know like oh she's gonna say she never wanted me in the first place and it, it wasn't that at all it was far more beautiful than that but we do like we have a row with our husband or our ex or somebody at work it's always like oh they're gonna say that then I'll say that and this is how it's gonna go and we just give away so much of our time and energy into this imaginative how it's gonna be the worst case scenario isn't it yeah and I think that's the worst case scenario is is a good way to put it because I think our brains do sometimes imagine the worst rather than imagining the best, right? Um, We sometimes assume, and that was, I think, a huge lesson for me in my life uh, as I move forward and as I just kind of be in the world is to stop making assumptions about things and people in general and to assume maybe the best and people are to not really assume anything and to just like let things happen as they as they make sometimes we become our own worst enemies in our own minds right we get in our own way if I had just sort of uh, let things happen a little bit more naturally and kind of went with the flow um, perhaps a lot of the struggles that I went through might have been a little bit easier but I do also think that everything happens in sort of divine timing and there's purpose to everything so the struggles that I went through while during those times I was like why is this happening um I have actually pretty much put a a purpose to all of the like negative or harmful or traumatic things that have happened in my life um because I think they all do serve a different sort of purpose the good and the bad and the ugly (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you said there is, I hear it a lot. People say like, you know, I went through this stage and it's like, why is it happening to me? But I was recently had someone on and they said that they had this mind shift, this change Mm -hmm. in them where they stopped saying, why is it happening to me? And asked, why is it happening for me? And as you said, it's looking for that lesson, finding the meaning, the purpose. Why am I going through this? And it feels different, I think, Sarah, because you're not personalizing it. You're not making it a dark part of your life. You're just making it part of your life. Like, what is the lesson in this? Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's kind of one of the secrets of life is to ask that exact question that you said. Why is this happening for me? Um, Shifting that that perspective is huge. Um, And as you navigate through traumas or hard hard times if you take it that way if you perceive it that way it's uh it's a really powerful shift where it doesn't 
it doesn't affect you quite as badly because I've had certain events happen certain traumas or things happen even over the last like few months through this new perspective and these things had they happened like earlier time in my life it would have been just devastating you know but now it's like just rolling off the shoulder a little bit more it's it's easier to handle I guess that's just a part of growing up as well but um I think that that's something that that it's maybe not a matter of age, right? There's there's people of all ages that struggle with different sort of things. So hopefully this advice is sort of universal is to shift that perspective to why is this happening for me? You know, regardless of, of kind of how good or bad it might be. Yeah, I think it's wonderful to hear you say that because you have been through a lot. I mean, not so much the adoption, but like the search for identity, this letter that was waiting to be opened, then you had a knee injury and it all came quite close together, didn't it? All of this. Yeah. Yeah. It all happened like, you know, between the ages of like 19, I had my first knee surgery when I was 19. Um, and I got the letter when I was 22. I had my second knee surgery when I was 21. I think that's probably why my parents waited to give me the letter actually. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, because they knew I was going through the the trauma of two pretty major knee surgeries and healing from that was I was already going through a lot so I think that that's probably why they were being mindful of it and I think when I graduated from college if they had waited any longer than 22 it was gonna be like we can't hold this we can't hold on to this anymore so um yeah that, that those years were were difficult but extremely formative like those are the years of my life that I will always remember like more than any other time in my life. Like it was hard, but um, I know that like you sort of pay your dues in life in certain ways. And I, I know that like where I was jealous of like the kids that got to study abroad and the people traveling the globe and backpacking in Peru and all of that. Like I never got to do any of that, but I know that my time is going to come, <laughs> you know, I yeah. know that that, that um, I will get those experiences. And I'm, I'm just like really grateful that I have a lot of great experiences to look forward to in life now. Um, Cause that's kind of where I am at now is I think when I was in that state of mind, like how fun would all of that have been when I was, you know, really going through it. So um, I'm just so grateful. I guess that's like kind of when everything happens and you, and you go through like the worst of it. Like when I went through like the rock bottom moment of my life, like all that I had left was gratitude. It was so weird. It was crazy. Cause all like, even though I was going through like the worst of the worst, like I'd lost my car, I lost my, almost lost my apartment. I just lost my job. And here I was like, but all I had left was gratitude. I was just sitting there like just grateful for what I did have left. I was still alive. I was still breathing. <laughs> I still had my body, you know? And I was like, that's all I need. That's all I need. I'm going to move forward and I'm going to just keep on holding on to this, this sense of gratitude. And it's amazing. in just a little over a year, how, how having a, a sense of gratitude and just kind of navigating with that, as opposed to this fear, because I was letting the fear sort of take this, the driver's seat for such a long time. Um, I kicked the fear out and I'm like, gratitude, you're taking the driver's seat now. <laughs> it's time for you to, to, to drive my life forward. And it's been amazing. I love that. You seem that you're in a very spiritual 
place at the moment like your spiritual health sounds gorgeous but for people listening today like when you're going through like you, like you said like there's a car accident there was a knee injury apartment loss you know how did the mental health feel back then so people can sort of see the transition from your mental health then to your spiritual and your gratitude being now absolutely yes that's such, that's such an important part of the journey but when i <laughs> i was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder in january of 2019 and i i think like many um didn't pursue mental health care like you know like with an actual I was self-medicating and self, you know, trying to take care of myself and just talking to friends and things, but not pursuing like an actual therapist or professional care um, because I was stubborn. You know, I was a psychology major. I was a sociology major. I was like, I know about mental health. Like I don't need a therapist. And I think many are in that mindset, right? They're like, I don't, I don't need that. That's, that's not for me. That's not for me. Um, but like my first session with my therapist, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need. It was like the, again, the first session, no, it's not that way for everybody. Um, but I was very lucky in that I, I, I found a, a good therapist right away. I only stayed with her for like four sessions because she ended up leaving to a different, um, place, but I was like going through the worst of the worst of the anxiety. I mean, I was, pretty much agoraphobic. I was going through like even like kind of like like entry level symptoms and maybe even schizophrenia, like paranoia of like being watched and followed. And it was just really, really bad, dark, dark, you know, depression, um, you know, the the darkest thoughts. Um, and yeah, it was just a lot of uh, a lot of intense, intense pressure, right? Like, like, my, my physical body was like heavy. Like I, I could barely function in any way. And you did mention like the spiritual uh, sort of the spiritual quality, I guess, of me because my spiritual journey has been such an important part of the mental health journey for me, at least. Um, finding my spirituality was one of the biggest saving graces for my mental health journey. And that's not the same for everybody, uh, but for anybody out there that's struggling, like I just encourage them to uh, lean into whatever it is that they've been sort of resisting. Cause for me, that was spirituality. So there might be something else for somebody else that they've been resisting. That's been sort of like knocking on their door throughout their life saying like, you need to, you need to do this. You need to pay more attention to this, but they haven't been, it might, for some, it might be food for others. It might be uh, exercise or something like that. Um, but for me, it was spirituality. Like I always fought my spirituality. I was like, no, I don't want to pray. I don't want to do any of that. It's, I don't believe in that. Um, <laughs> but finding my spirituality was like, so, so important. So um that's what I, that's what I just encourage anybody who's really, really going through it is to challenge themselves, right? To think about what they might need to open themselves up to or what they might be closing themselves off to that could actually help them. Because sometimes when you're really stuck in that dark place, you close yourself off to like everything. You're just like, I don't want to do anything. So trying to open that back up a little bit through, you know, the guided help of a therapist and just as well through 
like taking care of yourself and grounding yourself and finding whatever it is that works for you. Yeah, thank you so much. I just thought you'd gone through so many traumatic events. And to me, it looked like in a small time frame. And so I'm all for spirituality. It's saved me in my life, I know. But I just wanted to keep it real that, you know, whilst we're here now, say like meditation, grounding, things like that, like you have not had an easy path, Sarah. You know, you've been there, the rock bottom, close to schizophrenia, the depression, the anxiety. And for the listeners out there, if you're that, you know, out there listening and you're thinking, what's well, all right for actually spiritual, but you know, you've gone through, you know, loss of identity, health, so many things. And it is that, yeah, almost getting out of your own way, I think you said earlier, which is brilliant because we just sort of put ourselves in our own way. And, you know, like yourself, so highly educated in all things brain and mind, but mm-hmm. like, I'm not talking therapy. Uh, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. And then yeah. it saved you, you know, because that resistance is often a fear rather than a no isn't it it's not like oh it's intuitively telling me I shouldn't do it it's not it's just your fear and you getting in your own way so whether it's you know spirituality talking therapies getting outdoors whatever it is just try it yeah you just got to do something right it's like the they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result so sometimes you just have to force yourself to break out of that loop like if you'd find yourself stuck in like a, a constant loop and that's where I was I was stuck in a loop of of the same sort of behavior and it was only getting worse um and the type of behavior that I was participating in was particularly dangerous and it was having me decline on my path very, very fast. So I knew that I had to change my behavior pretty quickly. Otherwise it was gonna, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a couple of near death experiences beyond just the traumas and, you know, like my journey has been really, really like crazy, like to, to just make it about this just a little bit. I am an Aries. I'm a Leo moon and a Sagittarius rising. So I'm a triple fire sign. I've got fire, fire, fire. So I've burned <laughs> super hot, super bright. Um, But I've learned to sort of master the art of like the slow burn, right? That's sort of what I've been called to recently is, is like thinking about like that crispy, warm fireplace in your house, right? That burns bright and keeps you warm, right? Not the forest fire (laughs) that destroys everything. So like, that's what I'm trying to do in life now is to master the art of the slow burn and and appreciate things as I go and move slowly because my my nature is to just like like want to do things so quickly and jump super fast into something and then I get bored and then I jump into something else and so like keeping myself kind of uh focused and and understanding like it's okay to 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 move slow it's okay to like take time and process things and you know like give myself that little that little bit of space. Uh, I have like a decision making process that I that I like to share and I like to use for myself. And I, it's uh, really about there, there's an element of it that's about that's the moment for pause. And I think that as we make decisions in life and as we move through decisions, take a moment to pause. Like within that decision, I think sometimes we like we start doing something and we're like, let's, let's do it. And then we just start doing it and we don't give ourselves any time to breathe or to like rest or to process like, Hey, is this, is this the right move for me right now? So that's something I've been trying to integrate over my life in the last like year and a half or so is more moments for pause and just like 
taking a, you know, if it's like a 30 second moment for pause or like a week moment for pause, right? Whatever, just giving myself that little bit of space. Um, Cause as somebody who's more anxious, I, I struggle more with anxiety than other things. Um, I think for an anxious brain, <laughs> slowing, having that intentional pause is really, really helpful. Yeah, I've got a friend called Doug and he says that a lot of us are guilty of listening only to reply. And he goes, if we actually like actively listen, before we respond, there's that pause, that point where we don't actually have to say anything. We can just pause. And he goes, that pause is magical. It's potentially life-changing because we're like, oh my God, I just need to say that. Here's what I heard. But actually, if you pause, it is very different. And I love that you said, you know, this is like magical pause before you respond, before that fire, that flame, that gut all kicks in. <laughs> I love that. But yeah. I love your, I can't think of another word, but people would say it's like a dark side because you're so fiery. But I love that. I really do because I don't think we should dampen down what's considered a dark side. Like, do you mean, like I'm, I don't really have a filter and I'm really impulsive and I think life's too short, so I'm just going to do it now you know and I'm like that but I'm like you I've learned to turn that dial down a little bit take the qualities of that you know because if I turn that dial down a bit I don't like you know just go off on two weeks holiday but I do sort of like create a vision board or we book a little holiday and it's turning that down so I'm still me but slightly more (laughs) user-friendly right um I love that you mentioned balancing that dark side I think a lot of us um we just want to stay in the happy, right? That's almost toxic positivity, but this tattoo actually on my arm, um, I, I had a vision of this tattoo. Um, like when I was going through the worst of my like anxiety, I got this at like the end of 2019, um, like the year that I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And I looked down, I was driving my car and I looked down and I saw this tattoo on my arm before I got it. And I was like, I need to go and get this tattoo. And so it symbolizes the dark, the moon, the darkness and the, the sun, the lightness. So um, the, and, and, and cause I fought that darkness inside and I tried to just be this positive, light, bright, cheery person all the time, but I have a darkness. We all do. We all, it's shadow work. Basically, we all have a shadow. We all have darkness inside of us. And until you can like greet that and love that. And that's where that gratitude piece comes back in. Gratitude is not just something that you have for like the good things of your life. Gratitude is something that you have for everything. Gratitude is an attitude, right? It's, it's everything. And so greeting this darkness inside and getting this sort of imprinted on my body. And every day I look down and I see this and it reminds me of like, if the darkness or the negativity or the anger or the, you know, the emotions come up that I used to fight so badly, like I let them come through now. I'm like, it's okay just let it come through. It's, if I keep fighting it, it's going to just, it's going to, it's not going to help me at all. It's going to just, you know, it's not going to help basically. So I love that you mentioned that sort of greeting that darkness, because that for me is really important. Yeah. I just think that we just carry so much stuff, so many beliefs that aren't ours to carry so many opinions and it may be parents, teachers, siblings, past relationships. Mm -hmm. And people say like, just things that, you know, there's no judgment needed, just sort of like, I don't know, like you're a little bit bitchy or a little bit moody or why don't you smile? You know, yeah. all these things and sort of like, you know, the naughty kid. And it's like, it's all just expression. There's no right and wrong. And I just think 
you know, like to me, what you're describing in you, like that fire, that feistiness, that's energy. You're alive, you're living. I don't see that as a darkness. And I just think, you know, we're whole. We're not sort of like this bright jazz hand in sunny thing. Do you know what I mean? I'm a positive change expert. Even I will be like, oh, I'm feeling a right miserable cow today, Sarah. You know, <laughs> I'm going to be in bed reading. Mm-hmm. We have to love ourselves as a whole, not just, uh, you know, the part of us that's got achievements, the part of us that makes other people happy. I'm all for the dark side. Absolutely. I mean, we all, seriously, like I'm, I'm a certified life coach and mindfulness coach. And I have days too, where I'm just like, do not talk to me, turn off the phone. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, you know, we all have those days and we can't expect any, anybody to be perfect. And I think, especially as we move through this new sort of world that we're living in now, um, it's, I think even more important for us to remember these things now more than ever before. And it's great that we can kind of have more of these open conversations. Cause I feel like the way things were before, like talking about these things at all was just like, don't talk about your emotions. Don't bring that, don't be a negative Nancy, you know, don't be a Debbie Downer or whatever. It's like, <laughs> I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just trying to be honest and, and, you know, have a conversation about emotions. And I feel like now that people are, being forced into this space of feeling emotions that they don't want to feel. I think the world before was, there was a lot of ability to sort of escape those emotions and to just go to places that, that could hide those feelings, but the pandemic and everything, it sort of forced people to like really get in and really do some of the work and be with themselves for a little bit. And I personally think that, um, that's been, uh, very helpful for me very therapeutic for me in a lot of ways and uh I hope that you know as we step back into the world and things start opening back up again and things start sort of changing again uh that we can remember right some of these lessons and and uh be more gentle and and compassionate and um, empathetic you know I think compassion and empathy are two things that have like become so much more um like mainstream and like spoken about but these are things that I was like shouting about before I was like we need more <laughs> compassion um so I, <laughs> I'm 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 just grateful that again the gratitude I, I always talk about gratitude just because it's such an important part of my life but yeah um I don't know I think that it's just such an exciting time for us to to share and um to to not be afraid of emotions good bad or whatever because I think that uh, just trying to be in this space of like everything's happy and perfect all the time. It's not. It's not healthy. You know. It's not. It's not real. Yeah. Yeah, because life's like that, isn't it? Like you were saying that you had a perfect childhood and you were just like going through life, and then you know the whole identity thing come up, and you had accidents and injuries, you know. And that's a clear example that life. You know, even if we're our most positive, just handing self, life will throw us life lessons. You know, that's probably why we're here, even though we don't want to know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess because I did have such a great childhood, the the second decade or the, I guess, third decade in my 20s of my life was God or the universe or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Slapped me pretty hard, but I just stepped into my 30s. So we'll see. Hopefully this will be a, a you know, an, another, another great chapter in my life. <laughs> Bless you. You've spoken about so many things. We had like meditation, the shadow work, the gratitude and things like that. So for people that are listening today, I'm sure at least one part of your story has resonated with them. (laughs) So for the listeners today, 
what one positive change could they make today? Where could they start? A starting point, and this is where it really all started for me oh, when I was going through the worst of my panic attacks, it really all started with coming back to my breath and grounding myself and physically putting my feet down on the ground, you know, not having my legs crossed, feet down on the ground and just coming back into the moment, being present. When your mind starts, anxiety is sort of, you get too caught out into what hasn't happened and depression is sometimes caught in the past. So just try to come back into here and now, right? Focus your attention, your energy into the present moment. Bring your focus into your breath, like literally think like I am breathing in. And that's, I think a really, really great place to start is just being mindful and, and uh, anchoring yourself to your breath. I think that's wonderful. I remember years ago, I qualified with mindfulness and it's so true. They just said like mindfulness is bringing everything back to the present moment, mm -hmm. even if you don't like the present moment. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> But as you say, like, you can't change it. And it's the best reality check, isn't it? It's not the anxiety of the future. It's not the depression and the reflecting of the past. It's just where you are. And you can make yourself feel safe in that moment. Yeah, yeah, you can. It's like a lot of protection. We were talking a little bit about crystals, but I like to use crystals sometimes because those can help to just holding on to it, you know, feeling the warmth of it in your hand and, and just grounding yourself back in. Um, it's really, really, uh, really helpful. At least for me, that's what, that's, what's really worked. Bless you. You have shared so many tools today. And I know if you couldn't get any more wonderful, you're about to, because you have a freebie for the listeners today. So tell us about that. Yes. So I have, uh, some free resources available for folks who are in transition. I have a, a sign-up form on my website. Um, and yeah, I would love to send uh, over a decision-making process, how to move through decisions in life, how to make a meaningful transition. And yeah, I would be more than happy to send those resources out to anybody who is in need. Bless you. So that's over at your website, metamorphosis101.me. Yep. Yep. Metamorphosis101.me. Bless you. Sarah Michelle Wong, I've absolutely loved this. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. I've loved it as well, Shelley. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kickbook from all online book retailers or from ShellyFKnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelly F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelly F. Knight and you've been amazing. <laughs>